0: Every mess give yourself some grace, take to relax then chill with this. If you want to laugh then chill with this, embrace every mess. Give yourself some grace. Need something to think about, just keep this up below your head, muscle chill with embracing every mess. With Darius Phelps and Sir Princeton Harden. So we doing this, huh?
1: We are, this is the first episode of Embracing Every Mess, a safe haven for educators. Right now with this pandemic and this change in just everything we've been going through, we just need a place we can come together as one and just really have that open and honest conversation and create that natural flow. And just really be around people with good same energy and people we can connect with, speak about life experiences and about, you know, what I'm going through and what we're going through as a nation together. Um, I'm Darius Phelps, I'm currently a fourth grade teacher. been teaching for almost 10 years now, just really, you know, looking for a place to just connect with educators and other people as well and just speak about life experiences and about, you know, what I'm going through and what we're going
0: through as a nation together. And my name is Sir Princeton Hart, and I'm a fourth and fifth grade science educator um, in the great state of Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia, to be more specific. I'm here trying to really enjoy this first episode because first episodes of all podcasts and series are right. always very interesting. <laughs> and when they start <laughs> to see where they end up in, that's that's where my mind is checked into. I'm really into this. So I'm- Right,
1: there. and, I'm, and my, my bad, I forgot to be specific. I am from Atlanta, Georgia as well. So we're both you know, broadcasting live right now from Atlanta, Georgia. Boo,
0: y'all. Uh, <laughs> what, what did Usher say? A hey, peace up. Peace up you know, anytime, man. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's it. No, I had to, when I first moved here, man, I really, had no idea how different uh, basic things could be, like, you know, city infrastructure, as far as, like, the road works. Roads here are crazy. Roads here are freaking insane.
1: You see, that's what I was just gonna ask you, because, like, I've been native to Georgia, I've been born and raised in Georgia all my life, never lived anywhere else. I was gonna ask you, how different is it coming from Texas?
0: Oh, different, G. It's crazy because, like in Texas or Fort Worth, let me be specific to Fort Worth-Dallas area, um, okay. if you miss your exit on the freeway, there is a 75% chance that if you take the next exit, you can backtrack your way and get back to where you were supposed to go. In Georgia, that's, in Atlanta, that's not the case. If you miss your exit, you miss your exit. There's no simple readjustment. No, GPS will trick it up every yeah. time. GPS, is, GPS never knows where she's going. Right. right? Uh, she's constantly rerouting me, rerouting, rerouting. Yeah. So the streets alone here are just like curvy here. Every day is a winding road. I mean, that's absolutely <laughs> really horrible. I'm liking seeing us. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm loving seeing us everywhere. We are, we are in this thing. Um, I wish that we all saw the importance of customer service. Yes. It may just be a a, a Texas thing and a, a little Fort Worth thing, and maybe it's just me, but uh, I did notice a severe decline in customer service once I got here. So besides that, I'm really enjoying it. You know, uh, I love what I do, love being here. I love experiencing new things and meeting all these new people. So. I know I, probably, I know I made people mad one day because I said that Atlanta didn't have real donuts.
1: <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait. What about the donuts? I can see donuts are like my favorite sweet ever. So what is, what is the issue?
0: Okay, let me make this clear. Atlanta does have donut shops. Okay. Because um, we have a good variety. They have, y'all have a good variety of donut shops. All I'm saying is that with me, donuts are more of a traditional food than a food I would want to uh, innovate. There's no innovation for me with donuts. Donuts is a good nostalgic Sunday mornings, walking down this block, going to give my dad and my my, uh, sister's donuts. I walked back and I was excited my first trip down there by myself. You know, so donuts (laughs) to me taste a certain way. And back where I'm from, we have them on almost every block like almost on every block there's a donut shop. Okay. Donut costs anywhere from 35 cents to 55 cents a donut. It's right. simple, it's fluffy, it's crispy. You <laughs> bite into it and you just, it takes you, it takes you deep, bruh, it, it takes you deep. And if you feel an extra frisky, extra frisky on that day, you get it with you no know, chocolate on it and it's good. You get your little thing, you know. Okay, you know, okay, you know, so- Um. Atlanta has fancy donuts. That's and how asked, what's wrong are you, with a fancy donut.
1: Are you accustomed to just like the regular, like cake donuts, or like the regular, just glazed donuts? Because like for me, I grew up on glazed donuts. When I discovered what actual cake donut was, that was like my go-to. So what is what is the definition of a donut for you coming from Texas?
0: It's going to be fluffy, crispy. Oh, it could be a cake donut. It could be a regular glazed donut. It just doesn't have all the extra bells and whistles.
1: So you've never had like a donut with like bacon on it, or? Anything I have.
0: I've tried the. I've tried all this. We have some in Dallas, In Dallas there are lots of little. I call them bougie donut places, <laughs> or as they call them gourmet donuts. Because I was intrigued. I'm like, ooh, I'm a donut person. I'm going to love. Right. Down there, I didn't like them. I'm like, okay, these are cute. Like, if I want to go somewhere, if I'm out on a little date, or something. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, donut. <laughs> but not for me waking up about to go to work. I don't want to have a cream che- cheese filled pecan yeah. glaze, honey dip, pineapple <laughs> fun- <laughs> <K> <laughs> donut. <You> no, <know? laughs> I want a glazed donut, <laughs> right? Right, right. I feel Bro, you, I'm dump- feel- and Dunkin' Donuts are not real donuts to me. So, whoa, so whoa, 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 whoa. Dunkin' Donuts are real donuts <laughs> they, they aren't. It's a franchise. Krispy Kremes are not real donuts. They're good sometimes if you get them really really hot. Why am I talking about donuts? You go, I can talk <laughs> all day about donuts. Bro, I can do this forever. How l- I don't know how long we've been talking about donuts. But- I'm like,
1: can I door dash some donuts right now? Like- <laughs>
0: so how are you doing with...
1: Not like mindlessly
0: snacking. Like, are you mindlessly snacking out of we're in this quarantine? I have always been a snacker. Um, I'm doing good in the sense that I will only buy snacks twice a month. Okay. And I don't buy a lot. I buy a bag of chips. I'll buy a cookie thing. Um, I'll buy some form of like a fruity snack. Like a, you no, know, I don't know. Like fruit snacks or like some like that. stuff like that.
1: Yeah, know. it's funny you mentioned like with the quarantine, I found myself going back to, like my childhood days. I'm like, I'll grab a lunch bowl, and be good the entire day. So, like I'm like that.
0: Mine's a corn dogs. God. Okay. Corn dogs. I went and got corn dogs. And I put them in the oven and I wait. Who takes forever? <laughs> I
1: wait for those
0: corn dogs. See, you got more patience
1: than I do. I'm like, okay, if I want something, I need it now, or I can just. You
0: know, we're good. I went back to middle school. I remember in middle school, I I got out of school before my dad and my stepmom got home. Mm -hmm. So for those first few hours, I had to figure out how I was going to eat. You know, so they bought me all these things, you know, to eat. But I still had to know how to prepare some of them. And when I'm telling you I learned how to cook (laughs) because of that. That's where corn dogs came from. I learned how to fry chicken in middle school. I learned how to make <laughs> spaghetti in middle school. I learned how to make them. anything that my stepmom made that I'd love for her to cook. I learned how to make that and I still make it to this day.
1: See, because I showed you Dutch Times, Coffee, Dutch and Measures. You wanted that so bad. You went ahead and you, you figured out how I I to make it, it
0: happen. <laughs> <Gotcha>. <laughs> grown man eating corn dogs. If y'all knew what grown <laughs> I'll be seeing people post like their little grilled tilapia and their dish <laughs> and kale. I'm like, man, who washing all them dishes? I
1: know, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I finally got out of my Pop-Tart phase. Like When this first happened, I was like, oh, lunchables and Pop-Tarts, lunchables and Pop-Tarts. Then all that sugar and stuff. I was like, you know what? This is not, <laughs> this is not in the world.
0: Let me, let me cut back. I remember before I had a, a toaster. I had some Pop-Tarts and I didn't want to eat them cold. I just did not want to eat them cold. I tried the microwave and that was a, an atrocity. So <laughs> I ended up putting them in the oven uh-huh. and those are the best Pop-Tarts I've ever had in my life. See I've never tried them in the oven. Now you give me an idea. I've never tried Pop-Tarts. Okay. Now don't ask me any specifics. This was a uh, a year or so ago that I tried this Pop-Tart. I don't, like I say I don't eat a lot of sweets, so when I have stuff right. like that, it just kind of comes. But uh, I did. I told them Pop-Tart stuff one day and I put them in the oven. <laughs> they were good. I'm telling you, comfort food is everything. Like for me,
1: when I'm stressed, it's like normally it's ice cream, but I could be honest, I haven't had ice cream in about two, three years.
0: why? What,
1: huh? I just like I, like, I mean, I've been cutting back on sweets, so like the Pop-Tart or whatever, That'll be my sweet for every like what two three weeks whenever I crave it. So whenever I crave it, I, you know, I naturally, you know, I try to allow myself, you know, to have it. But ice cream, I have not had ice cream in a long.
0: Well, I feel sorry for you. Um, <laughs> uh, but talking about all uh, this kind of makes me think back um, to this uh, tw- tweet, tweeter, Twitter, Twitter, tweet that okay. I saw uh, right. earlier. Um, I actually spy Leonard A. Wilson Jr. Uh, at Black Scholar O N L. Um, so the Black Scholars Podcast, they asked the question, says, what grade were you in when you had your first black male teacher? And I was looking through some of the responses and they were like 11th grade, never. I was about to say, I've never, I've never had a black male
1: teacher. And I didn't really even have a black teacher till middle school. Mm-hmm. And that was like seventh or eighth grade. I never, never. And even then when I had one, or matter of fact, I think of that year I had two or three on the team. It just took a while to get used to.
0: Man, I, uh, my first one was in seventh grade. No, sixth grade. Oh, sixth grade. Um, and it was Mr. Gary White. Mr. Gary White taught band. Um, he was my band teacher. Okay. Um, and then the second one was Mr. Anthony Price, and Mr. Anthony Price taught math. It's cool and he made this really good tuna. And he <laughs> changed the way that told you middle school I was all about food. He changed, <laughs> he changed the way I made tuna to this day. You know what? I think I'm lying again. I think I had a black PE teacher, Mr. Williams, okay, at Glen Park. But I think that uh I think I really think that we had this short little white guy for our PE teacher and Mr. Williams taught the older kids. But I always wanted Mr. Williams. So I don't know if I had Mr. Williams or if he was (laughs) just somebody I always really, really wanted to have but couldn't have because by the time I got to the grade to get him, I transferred schools. But see, that shows you just how much of the impact and how, you know, as a black male educator,
1: you looked up to him in some kind of sense. Like you were dying to have him as a teacher.
0: But until I read that, I never even thought about that. I I, never... I didn't, you know what, until you said it, I didn't really think about it. Cause I guess
1: looking back and then, you know, being now, both being educators and men of color, you look back and you're like, I didn't realize how significant that was or how important that was. Fun thing. Now you got me thinking, but I, it's funny. We were talking about first time you had an African-American teacher. Mine was seventh and eighth grade. Oh. And I had, because I remember this is how I fell in love with history, and then I saw how Richard fell in love with teaching history was I had Ms. Daphne Elam and she's someone that still works for the candidate that I work for right now. We saw each other a few years ago. She made such a huge impact on me. I mean, just the, the way she taught that was different. It was it was, was eye opening. I mean, that was like the first time I had anybody really teach me in like a fun, interactive way that made me remember to this day. Matter of fact, it was eighth grade. It was Georgia history because we learned Georgia history in eighth grade man and that is something that stuck me for the rest of my life because that was like my that was my favorite year in middle school especially with that being such an awkward time and just just a weird transition that was one of like the shiny moments
0: yeah i had a a black typing teacher who would was she saw that i love business mm-hmm. so i learned how to do computer at an age where computers really weren't a thing like you got a computer they considered you rich right, right. so I had a desktop and we had a printer at home and so i ended up making pictures of cars mm-hmm. and i would sell those car pictures i mean just the cheesiest pictures if you saw it now you'll, you'll be like people paid you for this <laughs> and yes they did so i made these little car pictures and then when i got real good i started making business cards mm-hmm. and in middle school business cards became the thing. Like, it was, a, it was a thing for, like, three months. But those three months, <laughs> <laughs> I was bawling. Um, that was middle school fads, yeah. <laughs> like, because, remember, we didn't have cell phones at that time. We didn't have pagers at that time. Um, there was no Instagram. There was no social media. There was, you can call me at this number. If I'm home, you're going to get in contact with me or <laughs> leave a message. And we weren't leaving messages on the house uh voice recording machines in middle school. Right. No. Yeah. Was I'll never do that. So I mean that was it. So I made business cards. And so I remember people were like the hot girl click, blah 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 blah. And they'll put their little slogan on it. <laughs> you write their name on it. you put the number and when, when folks go to the mall, they will, then my stepmom start trying to get over on me. And yeah. <laughs> she started trying to make me pay for the ink. <laughs> and as a child, you know, you didn't, you didn't quite get that. Like, why well, gotta pay for the ink? <laughs> ink is free. <laughs> <laughs> Learning about economics early on, that looks. Apply. Yeah. So as soon <laughs> she started charging me. That's why I said it only lasted about three months. Because Sue <laughs> started for the, I was like, uh, y'all, I'm out of business. She trying to charge me for ink. But see, so, that, that was still a good, good way
1: for you to get your foot in the door, though.
0: Yeah, it taught me some learn stuff.
1: learned about that at such a young age and just realizing, you know, looking back and realizing, like, dang, you talk about being an introvert. And so during this time, do you feel or find yourself being more creative since so you have, you know,
0: technically more time? Man, that it's a gift and a curse. Kind of like about how I clean. It's a gift and a curse because I start off with what could be just a simple creative idea mm-hmm. and I make it into this... Disney World podcast <laughs> of elephants <laughs> flying from the sky and crawling, <laughs> giraffes coming from underneath the rafters. I mean, I don't know. Just, I'll start with a small idea and I'll blow it up <clears throat> so much. And then, like I told you, I'll get that one thing right. that slows me down and then I'll stop. So I'm learning how to be creative, but being creative within my means or like what can I, what can I like realistically do inside these walls and how to make that happen and how much, um, how much can I take in like new knowledge, how much new knowledge can I take in and regurgitate out and still keep my sanity while trying to teach new information or information period to other people and to the students and so how do you balance all these things together to keep yourself from going cray cray right oh, right because so. i found myself to be like
1: a frequent starter and stopper like i'll come up with an ideas write it down start it then i'm like ooh another one and it just keeps going and going and going there's no end
0: yeah i learned that i'm best when i write things down i know everyone loves their technology and i you know, yes. try to put notes in my no message tablet on my phone and on the computer, but nothing beats paper and pencil for me. Yes. I yeah. really love writing in pencil, even though I know you're not supposed to bad press and bad person. <laughs> but I love that that feeling, you know, that tactile feeling of that yeah. pencil with that paper. And I feel like my writing is much neater. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm able to kind of just write out what I want to write down and I can go back and fix it. When I'm typing, I worry too much about my grammar and spelling. If right. I see one red line, I cannot go on. <laughs> right, you have to You know, you immediately catch your eye. You're like, I gotta go back, I gotta fix it. You I know? have to fix it now. And when I go back and fix it, whatever was coming in next in my head is mm-hmm. gone. And I have to go back and find it. And so it takes me longer to mm-hmm. type it than actually just to sit down and write. I can handwrite it and then it takes me no time to type it up and read the paper but I can't freestyle off the top of the head typing. (laughs) No, I feel you because I keep a notebook
1: like by my bed, I keep one in the living room, I keep one by my desk. I I don't know, I prefer like you to just write
0: things down and I remember it easier too. I tried to do that like voice record thing, like Mm -hmm. leave myself voice notes. I don't like talking to myself. I am like, I do not want to listen to me talk right now. <laughs> it, it's odd. It's just, it's just, it's weird. I'm like, how do people get used to doing this? No, I'm getting real adapted to Google. Man, he reminded me <laughs> to do everything. I got my Star subscription and needed to cancel it in seven days. Cause I just want to so. I, I was like, yo, Google, in six days, remind me to cancel my star subscription. He was like, <laughs> reminder, reminder. I was like, what's up? Also that star subscription, I was like, "You right? <laughs> <laughs> you right?"
1: See, so digital technology it both has its pros and its cons. So, gotta learn how to make it work for you. That's true. That's true. It, it just takes it takes some adjustment, you know.
0: Right, but I think with the adjustment, people are starting to become more aware. Um, i My fear is that too much gets thrown out of too much, too fast, too soon, and people cannot process that clearly. uh, clearly. I like what we're doing at my school is we are putting everything out on Google Classroom to allow kids one place to get all the assignments. Now, there may be another website linked to that Google Classroom assignment, you know what I mean? But they know, and their parents know, where can I go see everything that is due? And with Google, they also put their calendar up there. So when you put your due dates on your assignments, the kids can see, and the parents can see, hey, this is due Mm -hmm. on this date. And it's less confusion. But I think my niece has, she has to go to on her own, not even, she has to remember on her own to go to STEM scopes. And then she has to go to this site over here. And then she has to go to this site over there. And I was like, you don't have that in one place online? She was like, no. And though it's like, okay, yes, that's responsible. But for, for a parent to rely on that amount of you know, accountability for each of their, uh, each of their children. You right. know? And then there's
1: no depending on how many different websites and articles and videos you have to access on top of username and passwords that may not be the same. I mean, can you imagine having to do that? Like we use Google Classroom as well and I post everything. I try to be as clear, as concise, you know, here's the intro, here's the math part, the links, videos, all in one. So there's, you know, it doesn't leave much room for questions. But I can imagine having to go through like STEM scopes and then all that other kind of stuff, just having to go back and forth. And then what if you get something, you don't realize it? Yep,
0: because it's, you know, there,
1: There's no place to check. There's no place to check. Oh, I forgot to write that narrative writing. I said it's due next Friday.
0: Yeah, so I put everything in Google Classroom and send them off from there. And I found this new website, PBS Learning. Let me not say new. New to me. Right. Uh, I okay. can be late. You know, sometimes I'm late on stuff. That's as the kids say it. No cap. Um, <laughs> but it allows you to give out these virtual assignments. And I think it's so cool because I was looking for a way for my students to read more. I was, uh, I wasn't impressed with the amount of reading that I was having them doing. They were reading, but wasn't anything substantial. And PBS has these, they're just little articles and it's multiple pages and it's quick formative assessments after a certain amount of pages. So, It may not be a formative assessment on one, but there's a formative assessment on two and three. You know, just something quick, nothing long. And I felt like that it made my life a lot easier because it put everything I was wanting to do into one place. Trying to do all that during normal school year was different because I got to see you more. So stuff like that, I kind of set that up for like special occasions. Right. But now that that is stuff that I have to do on a regular, those are websites that I really like because they give the kids um, a lot of information and in different ways. So, so
1: it's interactive too. So they're not, they're they're not just sitting there just reading. reading like information. Right. So
0: awesome. match, matching assignments, you know what I mean? Uh, closed note types assignments, there are videos and there things for them to have to draw and connect and stuff like that. So it. It's not that, it's, well, it's set up also to where they don't have to do a lot of it in one day. They can spend, right. like, if they can do it every day for 20 minutes, they'll finish their assignment. And it's hard, it's hard also not to get
1: overwhelmed because there are things that, you know, if you were doing it physically face-to-face, you'd feel a bit better about the way, this is, way it was presented or, you know, I used to go back and fix that. But when it's done virtually, I feel there's more pressure mm-hmm. on both the kids and the teacher because, you know, they may understand it better if I'm just saying it straight verbatim, orally out of my mouth. But right. things are also, I realize, can be misconstrued very d- quickly via text. Yes, very quickly. On any platform, you know, parent communication or just Google Classroom. If I think I'm explaining something thoroughly, there's you know that one, one kid is like, "Wait a minute, can you explain this again?" And I'm like. I just laid out six paragraphs, I just wrote you a thesis, so
0: <laughs> how to access it. And those are the kids that I call, and I call them and I call their parents, and I get understanding from both. Because, and the reason why I call instead of text is because in that call, you stop them from mm-hmm. entering that group chat. Right. Confusing other people that mm-hmm. had a perfectly clear under, understanding, but now you've raised speculation.
1: It's a, I'm, glad you mentioned it, I'm like, it's, it's really like a wildfire. You get that one, flame mm. sparks and they call their friend, and you know have the classes in, in a group chat, and they're all confused.
0: I mean, and it's not that they're trying to get everything in a tizzy. That's not, they're right. truly just, hey, these are the people I'm supposed to call if I have a question, and this is the question that they have. It just... But on the flip side, it's like, oh, but that just, that just starts all constantly. <laughs> everybody's asking me these questions. So yes, um, communication is key. And um, sometimes keeping it simple uh, until people get a grasp on how to handle things and who's, who am I to say when that's going to be? You know, for right. one family, they may already have it under control, but another family may have, know extenuating circumstances and they just can't get theirs under control uh-huh. you know like right I feel bad for the moms that now they can go back to the salons to do hair but who gonna watch their kids exactly. You know?
1: exactly or even the kids older kids that have had to step up to be take on that parent role for the younger
0: siblings. Oh my God, I feel sorry for those siblings who has to sit there and watch their mom tell their older sister or brother that they're in charge and you know that this <laughs> one is going to kill you. <laughs> like, oh my God. Because Are you sit- you're leaving me with now. him? God,
1: my life is over.
0: <laughs> you're leaving me with him. Why would you do that? Do you know what she does? <laughs> do you know what she does when you go Do you know what she does when you go uh, they're like, how am I going to survive these next however many hours? How am I going to get through this? Bro, if I was, if this was me in middle school, and my sisters were at home, oh my God, that would have been torture. I would have been, I would be crazy. I, I would. You so, they're they're older than you. They're older. See, um, one is eight years and one is seven okay
1: okay see I'm seven years older than my sister so I would be the one terrorizing her I'd be the one sitting there be like oh this is gonna be amazing go ahead crank up that car pull out the driveway because as soon as I lock this door (laughs) you're in for a treat we just want to take time thank you guys for listening to embracing every mess catch us next week same time same place and for any updates and information on the podcast, you can follow us on Instagram at Embracing Every Mess. You can follow my personal Instagram at Mr. Phelps
0: E-L-A. And my Twitter handle is at D Phelps1113. And you can follow me on uh, Instagram or Twitter at Sir Harden. That's C-E-R-H-A-R-D-E-N. You like that? That's that's my uh <laughs> <laughs> my voice. I be pulling it out
1: sometimes. All right, and that wraps up this week's episode of Embracing Every Mess—a safe haven for educators. Thank you guys for listening and tuning in, and we'll see you guys again next week.